0: Welcome to another episode of the Stories and Philosophies podcast. This is Salem, um, and I'm really excited to have this conversation with you all today. So, from this episode moving forward, there will be a slight change to the podcast, which is that they will no longer be background music. Um, I know it's such a small change, but um, a couple of you have reached out to me saying it's a little bit distracting. And honestly, when I started using the background music with this podcast, a huge percentage of it was I just didn't like my voice as a standalone thing and just wanted to play around with um, just incorporating other sound that was soothing. But I've kind of grown through the process of doing this podcast. It's been two years and I feel like I can like lose the clutch of the background music. So, you will be hearing my voice and my voice alone from this episode and in future episodes. Um, I just want to thank you all for listening to this podcast, to the Stories and Philosophies podcast. Um, it's very much reflecting on how it's been two years since I started doing this. And when I started doing this, I, my whole intention was just to do it for about three or four months and then to stop. But I've just really enjoyed having this platform to summarize my thoughts and my feelings and share things more in real time in an auditory way. As someone who is a writer, um, I tend to put things to words on paper and make sense of them in that way. But in the past year, I've really challenged myself to tap into the parts of me that are really gifted in speaking and sharing from my heart without having to censor myself or overthink things and so yeah i appreciate you all holding space listening sharing what parts of it are resonating with you sharing with your friends hitting me up when you're done listening to episodes Um, uh, my goal is that since the other work that i do is very specific and particular to clients this can be where I share some of my philosophies and just share little pieces of my life here and wisdom gleaned so that folks who are not maybe my clients or my family or close friends can also have access to what life is teaching me in a more comprehensive way. So thank you for listening. Okay, so this episode is a take on how stella got her groove back if you haven't seen the movie or read the book you should it's a really great movie and book but this is titled how salem got her groove slash joy back and i've been thinking about this episode for a while because my last episode was about having a sad girl summer and in a lot of ways 2020 has been really sad 2020 has broken my heart in so many ways. I shared this in the previous episode, but in February, I got rejected from the PhD program. I was super hopeful for in March, the pandemic like hit in a significant way. And I decided to, you know, come back home to Alabama. In April, I ended up turning in my resignation letter and quitting my job that I've had for two years, uh, because I just had some major trauma really working in that space. In May, I really sat with all of the, oh my God, what is happening with my life (laughs) feels. In June, I lost my grandparent and had some family members contract COVID. And so July... July was also just a a grieving month. There were some other things that happened in July, but just like those were just personal tragedies within the scope of living through a global pandemic and um through a race war, right? It it has felt really heavy and so my take on July and August was just allowing myself to sit through the sadness that I was feeling um, in June, I started to just say, okay, this is about to be a sad girl summer. So let me change my baseline and allow myself to know that I will feel sad, you know, and I will feel sad a lot. And the exception isn't feeling sad, the exception is feeling happy. And so as I've moved through that, to now being in September and really feeling happy, right? Feeling like I have my groove back, um, feeling like I'm on steady ground. I wanted to share a little bit around the how I moved through those feelings. So the first thing, first kind of philosophy that came to me around sitting with sadness and transitioning from sadness to joy has been accepting the sadness, right? holding space for the sadness. I shared a little bit in my last episode, but we don't really sometimes know what to do with sadness. And in moments of sadness, we feel like it's going to be permanent. You know, I'm just always going to be sad and I can't afford to always be sad. So I'm not going to allow myself to succumb to this sadness. But as someone who grew up as a sad kid, a lot of times I am accustomed to the idea that sadness never stays forever, right? i I was sad and then I wasn't sad anymore. And so letting myself feel the sadness, be steeped in the sadness, allow the sadness to impact my routines. So like if I didn't feel like getting out of bed and taking a shower, like if I just needed to like lay under my blanket and be sad all day, like giving myself permission to do that. And I know there are a lot of privileges around actually being able to afford to do that like financially right being home with my parents and so not having rent burden um actually like creating space for myself financially to fall apart for however long i needed to i recognize that's a privilege and there were definitely times when i just had to say okay i'm going to let myself be sad this weekend because when monday hits i have to go to work and so Some of that can be structured around, but I think just a commitment to letting myself feel the full extent of my sadness in real time helped me move through it quicker. Because sadness, like any other feeling, deserves to be felt, like every other emotion deserves to have its day in court, right? It deserves to come and say, hey, this is why. I'm present and there's nothing you can do to fix this, but I just need to be here and to be felt. And I think that was a big factor in that. A second factor for me that really helped me get this transition or move through this transition from sadness to a place of being less sad um, was my community. I have some really incredible friends and in the past, I noticed that there was a tendency to kind of shield my friendships from the full extent of how emotionally distraught I was feeling. But this time I decided that I would not do that. Like I would share when I was sad, I would be open, I would be transparent, I would be vulnerable. And that was really scary for me because I, I felt like in a lot of ways I was always is the super positive friend who was mostly always hopeful and optimistic about the world. Even when talking about really heavy things, I could almost redirect the conversation into joy. And I wasn't able to do that. And so there was a piece of my identity that was tied to the fact that my friends know me as this super positive, optimistic person. And I don't know if they could hold space for me to fall apart. And I'm so grateful that a lot of my close friends when I was navigating a lot of my heaviness and sadness, were just like, yeah, we got you, you know? You can you can be sad here. You don't have to have a silver lining in this cloud. Like you can share all of the spaces that are bringing you pain. And we can hold that. And even though we also have things we're grieving in our own lives, we can also hold space for your grief and your heaviness. And to be loved that well, to be loved so fully, whew, that's that's a miracle. That's a gift. And so I'm super grateful for the people who showed me that my lovability is not dependent on my optimism that was a big one that was a big um a big part of my identity that i needed to unravel that i can be distraught and still be loved so well still be loved so fully so i will share one more thing and maybe the last thing for now that really solidified this transition for me. And that was a commitment to pleasure. Um, I don't know. I've probably mentioned in previous episodes where I've talked about what I'm reading. But last year, I spent a lot of time with the book Pleasure Activism by Adriana Marie Brown. And a lot of the book was interrogating how pleasure is important. It's vital. It's a life source for us. Even when we're trying to change systems and trying to survive, right? Pleasure is something that should be committed to because it's a part of our survival. And so in this moment of vast unrest and emotional weariness, I found something pleasurable to do for myself every day. And I think that that helped me move through the feelings quicker because it was a, a bright spot of even when things are, even when I feel like there's no space to come up from this feeling, I know that I will feel good today. And holding the juxtaposition of both of those feelings, I think, really helped me know that joy could take up larger spaces in my life, even when it didn't, even when that wasn't my material reality. And for me, a lot of that just looked like laughter, right? I, something that I enjoy with my family is that we laugh a lot as a family. We're very, we just get each other, we joke around with each other a lot. And so my family, one of our family dynamics is that we just, there's a lot of humor, we laugh a lot with each other. And so being there immersing myself into still, you know, telling jokes and being with my siblings and spending time, you know, with each other enough to where there's something to joke about Um, or just sharing when I had something funny come up in my mind or just being my quirky self and letting them pick pick on me a little bit and whatever it was there was a moment of joy in every day there was a moment when I could forget that the world was on fire and that my own internal world felt like it was being ripped out from under me and I could steep myself in pleasure and feeling good yeah and and really ask myself in moments like what feels good right now is it a cup of tea is it some um, soya is it like some meat pie do i need some jollof rice you know is it ice cream (laughs) is it an orgasm um what feels good what feels good and being able to provide those things for myself in small ways helped me sit with the idea that joy could come and joy could take up more space. And slowly joy has begun to take up more space and confidence has begun to take up more space. And um, my energy levels have begun to rise. And so I just wanted to share those things because... Moving through sadness is not really something that a lot of us talk about often. We often share joys and share moments of victory, but the process of getting from one state to the other state is not something that societally we see a lot of. And I felt this was important to share. For anyone that's just currently moving through really heavy emotions and looking forward to being surrounded by lighter emotions. I know that the state of the world right now is really heavy. Um, We lost Chadwick Boseman last week and so yeah there's still a lot happening in the world. You know there's still actively a pandemic which I couldn't even foresee lasting this long back in March when I decided to make some changes to my physical location because of the pandemic. And I know that lots of us are having to make changes. Lots of us are having to rethink about what we want to restructure our lives differently. And those things are really difficult things. And so as you hold whatever heavy emotions and feelings are coming up for you as you navigate all of this. I just want this episode to be a reminder that there are some things that you can do that even when they don't feel productive are actually helping you move your way through really heavy and difficult feelings. Thank you all for listening. Um, This has been an episode of stories and philosophies um if you like the podcast please hit subscribe so you can get when episodes come up and you can feel free to leave me a review on any of the podcast apps that you listen to leave me a rating leave me a review share with a friend and connect with me on instagram at salem underscore afangide.